0: Diets Academy. I've spent 10 years in an unhealthy relationship with food, binge eating, over exercising, and feeling insecure in my body. This podcast is all about helping you get to the root of your food struggles and teaching you how to rewire your brain so you can end binge eating. If you're ready to improve your relationship with food and cultivate more self-love towards yourself and your health, this is the podcast for you, so let's get to it and jump right in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Getting Real with the Costas. We are super excited to dive into today's episode Um, As many of you guys know, Andrew and I did have a fitness studio. We opened it back in March of 2018. And I can't even believe it's been like five years since we've opened it. It
1: 2018
0: or 2017?
1: 2018. It was one of those two. I'm very, um, I I know the
0: dates. You got the dates. I know the dates. Um, So yeah, I can't even believe it's been quite some time since we've had our fitness studio. But in this episode, we're just going to share what we've learned running a fitness studio, what it was like, um, the ups and the downs and essentially why we ended up closing our fitness studio and going a different path and now doing what we do. I'm a binge eating coach. Andrew's a hormone coach, um, and just kind of sharing the journey along those lines. So I guess you want to start off and just kind of talk about why we opened up a fitness studio in the first place.
1: Yeah. Like, I think you and I were, well, we were at different points in our lives. You had already worked. You were working at this, this small gym and like I had wanted to be an entrepreneur for some time. I think opening up a gym and and being an entrepreneur for me kind of happened at the, at the same time where it was like, I was working for other people. I was incredibly passionate about health and fitness, working on myself, working with a personal trainer, working with a naturopath is kind of what got me kicked off into like I can really see myself coaching other people mm-hmm. and, and helping them with their workouts and their activity. And uh, it was something, well, I mean, I guess I won't speak for you. For me, it was really about being able to kind of do it myself and change other people's lives the same way that other coaches had changed mine, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I had a, a personal trainer, and yeah, you know, I actually don't know if he's still doing personal training, but his name is Chris. And, um, after my, uh, my, uh, sickness, he helped me get back into, into shape. And, uh, we had done a, a lot of training at good life for a little bit. And then we, we, um, uh, trained at home when he started, uh, when he transitioned and started training at his place. And he was the one who told me, he was like, dude, you could do this as a job. Like, you know, just as much as I do get your certification, hop in and start changing people the same way. So. Uh, when I do things, I like to do them big. So I was not like I'm going to work for a gym or work whatever. I'm going to start out right in the gate and do it myself, you know, and that's kind of what made the decision for me, which was like, you know, to, to get into this already.
0: Yeah, I mean, man, I was in high school. No, I was in university. And I remember getting started with Beachbody. And we're getting started with Beachbody because I enjoyed the Beach Body workouts. And I felt so good, you know, doing the Beach Body workouts. And I was like, I want to be a coach. Like, I want to help other people. So I started off with Beachbody. And when it was, again, it wasn't my thing. Like, I didn't like the way that they were like, you have to get other coaches on the team. And it just felt so, like, icky. And I was like, no, I just want to change people's lives. Like, I don't want to do, like, this business stuff. And um, I ended up working at a gym. It was like my first job ever, (laughs) first job ever. I started working at a gym and it was so incredible. I was doing, you know, personal training sessions. I was teaching the classes there. I was basically like the main trainer at this, at this place. Um, And it wasn't really like, it was a nice gym, but like not many people knew about it. Um, But I was like the main person and everyone kept on telling me like, Lorna, you live here. Like you are literally here at six in the morning. I would start at six a.m. with the first client. I would stay there all day because I would also work the front desk. I also did some receptionist stuff, um, and then I would have clients, you know, in the evening, and then literally be done at nine o'clock. I would close up the place, like it was literally me running the place at the very beginning, and I never really thought much about it. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm working. Like, I I don't even feel like I'm working. Like I would literally work out on my shift because when I was working the reception, because it was such a quiet gym, I could literally be doing a workout and be getting paid, which probably isn't the best idea, but like (laughs) nobody, you know, like whatever, nobody said anything. And so I was there a lot and people, all the clients used to tell me like, Lorna, you're so good. You're so good at what you do. You're basically here all day long. Like you need to start your own, you need to start your own gym. You need to start your own like studio. Like what are you doing here? And I remember actually in college taking a health and fitness, um, course a class. And there was one particular class all about opening up your own gym. I paid zero attention, like literally zero attention. Cause I'm like, I would never want to open up my own gym. Like I love helping clients. I love teaching workouts. I love the actual part about putting somebody through a workout. That is what I love. I am not going to be a business owner. There is no way in heck I would ever open up my own gym. Like that's, that's, that's a business thing. I'm like, that's not, that's not for me. I literally paid zero freaking attention in that class. And then after long cut, cut it short, you ended up coming to the gym with me.
1: Yeah. When we started dating, um, it was like, I I was doing in-home training. So I built a, a, a small business doing training at people's houses. And she told me that there was a, um, not a vacancy, but they were like, Hey, we don't have a male trainer. We need, uh, some of like, some of our clients are requesting a male trainer. So if you know somebody to come in, so she was like, naturally like, Oh, my boyfriend will, will, uh, be a perfect fit. So when I went over there, we ended up,
0: I don't remember telling working you that at the I,
1: same, you were the one who told me that they were looking for, for spots there. So oh, I don't remember we started. So, so um, when, when I had gone there, Lorna had basically like, she was running and taking care of all of the classes. PT was like largely non-existent in this gym. So like personally, I think they had like, uh, what was his name? I don't know. The head coach guy, whatever. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he had like Uh, I think it was like a five or six uh, people personal training, but there were no other clients for personal training. So when I came in, first thing is like, you know, you start having conversations with people on the floor, they start running offers for personal training. And then I ended up signing up a bunch of clients for them. That Mm -hmm. Then I started coaching them uh, at the, at the training. So I was using their equipment and basically they would pay me a cut to to do the training for that. Um, it was a really great way to be able to, to build connections. Um, and it was crazy because I was doing like three clients traveling in the morning. So it was like an hour drive between each client. And then I'd like rush and get into, to the the gym and then basically like have a lunch and then train people until like eight yeah. o'clock. Right. So it was, it was a pretty hectic schedule, but I mean, that's kind of what happens when you, you know when you're when you're initially starting a brand, and like I didn't have any other job, I didn't have any other savings, so I wanted to make sure that you know I was committed a hundred percent to that, mm-hmm. and and building that brand together, right? Yeah. So I was more focused on the PT where you were running the classes, and then you had I think a few of your personal. Training I had personal clients training well. clients. We too, had like ninety nine percent of all it, the clients. I we think. we had all the
0: <laughs> clients, like literally, we all did, and then. I think, you know, after quite some time of, you know, literally Andrew and I now both running this place, like literally running this place, um, the owner actually approached me and said, you know, like, I think this would be a really good opportunity if you want to, you know, come and partner with me. And basically, like, basically you run the fucking place. (laughs) Yeah, you run the place. And I'm just gonna like, get a portion of it. So like, I don't have to do anything. You're gonna do everything, but like you're gonna you're gonna get a a portion or whatever. And you know, at the time, I'm like, well, again, I don't feel like I'm working. I'm like, I'm 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 basically doing that right now. Um, But I remember
1: the the offer was like. The thing is, is there's a loot. like sometimes when things are new, they're really exciting. But when we started to break down the offer with like how much we would have to pay to join this facility, the fact that we wouldn't be getting the majority of the profits, even though we were getting the majority of the work, the person who owned the facility also owned the space. So we would have to pay rent to him. It was like there were so many things that were Mm -hmm. wrong with the deal that when we were speaking with, like when I had hired the lawyer and I was asking him stuff, they were like, don't do this. Like this is it's not a good idea. It's a huge red flag. It was basically like we would pay to assume all the risk. We would pay for all the bills and this guy would just get a cut on top and you know, there were like that facility. It was huge. It was, I think, yeah. twelve thousand square, it was 12, square feet. Twelve thousand square feet with the potential. To, it was honestly like, it was like another eight thousand square feet there.
0: Yeah, it was. It was honestly such a good gym. Like the equipment was brand new. Like they had turf. They they had honestly like such good equipment. It was an incredible gym, but it just honestly didn't make sense for us. And what we said was like, if we have this opportunity. Like, why don't we just do it ourselves? Because like-
1: We're doing it ourselves. We're doing it ourselves anyways. Like I came in and I installed all those rubber mats. Yeah. I was even responsible for the shipment and putting together the those racks and stuff. Yeah. I went and installed turf. Like we were basically doing everything as if we were the owners, anyways. Yeah. Minus getting paid as the owners. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of when we started talking together and saying, Well, how much does it actually cost to like build a facility or do something? And then what kind of facility would we want to bring? Because that gym was really a general membership gym it was like one yeah. of those things where like you pay 30 or 40 bucks i don't even know what the prices were for that
0: it was like 40 dollars, and then it was like 69 dollars if you wanted to do like classes or whatever but oh. it was it was honestly it was um the it, gym
1: wasn't structured right the pricing wasn't yeah. right the offers weren't right it was like the 24 hours right.
0: you can literally like go in at any time like it was just like there was zero structure because again, like
1: in truth, I mean, he he didn't care as an owner. It it was, it was not making money at the, and then that's another thing too, by the way, we were going to buy in and this business (laughs) wasn't making money, which, which is crazy. Right. So it's like, you're buying in for this top price when the business isn't even making that, that money.
0: But I remember Um, at the time I'm like, oh, I can be a gym owner. Like, that's all I like. I was like, oh, I can be a gym owner, but I didn't. And then like Andrew logical, his logical mind was like, yeah, but this doesn't even make sense. Like we're going to be like, literally like hustling. And like, it just didn't make sense. And we both came to terms with that. And this is when we were like, you were like, why don't we just start our own thing? And, you know, for me, I was like, I never visualized myself opening up a gym, like I said, but because I like trusted you and I knew that we would be able to like make this work. I was like, Ooh, like that sounds fun. Like, I think, you know what I mean? Like I was, I was down for it
1: it it was definitely my dream like of the two of us it was my dream I wanted it there was one thing when I was doing the in-home training and like the in-home training wasn't like me driving my car to somebody's house it was a truck it was a trailer full of I think 1600 pounds worth of equipment I was doing corporate boot camps I was doing one-on-one I was doing outdoor sessions and one of the things that I hated about that um that I guess model was the fact that it took so much time in between and that time was impossible to narrow down because of traffic. Like if, if I had blocked an hour to drive between one person and another person, and then all of a sudden traffic had me an hour and 15, I was now late for everybody else in that whole day, you know? But when looking at that, that gym that we were at, I also know too, uh, I also knew too, I was like, You know, while I don't want to be traveling every single day, we also can't have a general membership gym because people don't show up. They don't see results. There's like a join, a cancellation of this. And really, it's like if we want to be real coaches or real trainers, it's like, how do we optimize someone's level of results and and still like can actually make money for us too?
0: yeah so we decided to start off with like personal training only and um small group classes so our classes at one point though it was like sometimes 10 to 15 people out before we did Mm semi-pt but it was like one-on-one like specialized and then like small group and honestly we were so grateful that a few of the clients um some of them you're actually working with still now. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the clients from the the gym came along with us and we we never we were never the type of people that are like, ooh, like come with us, like we're starting our own fitness studio, like come. We literally didn't say anything because we obviously wanted to make sure we were doing things like properly. Right. Because also we,
1: the legal stuff with that, right. You don't yeah. want to be poaching other people's clients. Yeah. So they had hired, um, they had hired that guy. And then remember I did the transition and I, and I made sure that he was shadowing all the sessions and stuff. Right. Like we kind of like, yeah, they, they brought in two other coaches and then we went and we made kind of a, a an exit. For, yeah. For we that. did
0: things obviously in the proper way. So we never really, we honestly didn't tell anyone that from the the gym that we were working at, that we were starting our own, our own place. Because again, we didn't want to have any troubles, but, um, people actually reached out to us and they were like, Hey, like you're starting your own thing. Like I want to come. So like they just came on their own terms and we had like a founders member, a founding members, rate. So people who first started with us, they got locked in at like a really awesome um, price just because like we obviously wanted to get people in the door, we were still you know fixing the studio because it was like a salon or something like that. So when we first purchased the the, the location, mm-hmm. um you know we had to do well, renovation. We,
1: well, we didn't purchase the location. We weren't rich. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that we had purchased their location because it would have been phenomenal to do that. But it was a I think what a four year lease, something like that. Four years, yeah. yeah. You good? Yeah, oh, oh, I, I no, the um the lease part, right? It was what four years, I think it was, mm-hmm. right for the um, and then we had locked into that lease, and we were paying the monthly payments on top of the the space and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go- <laughs>
0: so yeah. we. Got this place, and we did renovations and stuff. And obviously, it was going to take time. <laughs> so I'm just like,
1: Ooh. whoa, what's up? <laughs> this is this is getting real with the Costa. What's uh, w- what is it? What's going on? How can I help you? How can you be serviced?
0: So, um, while we were renovating the place, we wanted to make sure that we secured people's spots. So that come, I think it was like March 1st or whatnot which is crazy because it's March 3rd right now. Um, That's when we had like the start date and we were going to have a grand opening. So we wanted to have people locked in so that when we did open doors, we had clients. We didn't want to like open up the doors and be like, okay, now we need to find clients because there was rent that we had to pay for. And, you know, like the expenses and stuff. So we really wanted to set ourselves up for success. Um, So we locked in, I don't know how many founding members we had, but um, we had quite a few, which was good.
1: I, I believe that there was, I think we capped it at 10 for the founding members. Um, but an interesting thing is like when we had the, the facility, like me or Lauren, like neither of us have any business experience whatsoever, right? So for us, when we had started like... At least me, I was under the general impression that, like, I'm just going to, like, throw a sign up on this building and, like, people are just going to, like, flock to us, right? So, like, while we were looking for the founding members, we didn't really do, like, any, like, we had purchased flyers and stuff that we had sent out and we also had, like, a grand opening, right? But we didn't really do anything else from social media perspective in terms of, like, promoting. And then it was, like, you know, then the facility opened up, right? And then when it opened up, like I realized after the first week of like no walk-ins, I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, it's not like a, if you build it, they will come. It's like, you must build it, talk the living shit up out of it, and then people start to come. Well, right? it was so
0: funny because even when we put up the sign that said fit for all studio, people would like literally walk in and be like, what is this? Like, you cannot just put up a sign and expect people to flock to your doors. Like, it just mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. and. This place was in Oakville and it was a really good location. Like Mm -hmm. it was like visibility wise, it was was a really good location. And we just thought like, great location. People are going to come by. There was like a pita pit beside us. Like there was, you know, it was a plaza. So we're like, people are just going to like walk in and, you know, want to get coaching. And we really needed to do our due diligence and like actually um, find people because it wasn't just like people would walk into the door and be like, "I want coaching."
1: I I actually, when I look back, uh, do I think it was the right space at that time? Yes. Do it I was. think it was the right space? Period. Probably not. We we got filled up very quickly mm-hmm. with that space. So that space was twelve hundred square feet, and. You know, for those of you who don't know, like by the time you had washrooms, we had two offices. We had the, this body scanner room, like a 3D body scanning machine that I brought in from Australia. Like by the time we added all that and then the training space itself, it was like the space at max could fit 20 people maximum. And that was like clients and trainers included. And that's why like when we had started with the classes, we had done the classes first. And when we had filled up the classes, you know i think it was you who was like hey what are we going to do like we literally there's no space to even breathe let alone do these classes like we didn't want people on top of each other and as well too is is like with just general classes you're capped at what you can charge because it's just a workout yeah. right and ultimately you know people we wanted to help at a higher level than just Hey, come here, get your ass kicked for, for an hour and then leave. Mm -hmm. And being back to back, it was also starting to hurt our personal training because we couldn't have a class running and personal training at the same time. There just wasn't space.
0: And you know, the times that we were always filled was like, 6am, 7am, 8am. And then it was like 5.30, 6.30, 7. So it was like the beginning of the day and the end of the day. And all of our one-on-one clients wanted those times and all of our other clients wanted those times. So we decided we were like, you know, we we still had classes, I believe, but then we also had this. We had the small group, right? Or we did we just transition? I can't even remember we, this so, we so had, long we ago. We had
1: dropped <laughs> only two classes: one in the morning and one in the evening, right? Because there's nothing worse, especially in in a training no, or in a class small, type small thing. Groups. Well, we had we transitioned it away, right? So I think we did it in stages. So we dropped because there were sometimes there were classes of six and there were classes of ten. So like we dropped the smaller classes and then we we converted everybody into a semi-private. So this is basically four people maximum per group but they all get customized programs probably one of the most difficult things to actually coach
0: i was so good at it like i fucking nailed it it i was so good but i was so good at it but again i was doing group classes Mm -hmm. and like i was doing personal training group classes for like so long and you obviously did really good too i think you're just
1: yeah i think it's just when you have to focus on four people and make sure that everything is completely yeah. custom and and for them and and everyone's got their separate warm ups other different yeah. things like it was just a lot to run but it was the best move for our business ever it
0: made sense financially mm-hmm. i mean you know it was a higher price point because people got that customized support and instead of just training one person in an hour we can train four people. So that made sense, like business model wise, um, which was really, really good. But um for yeah.
1: us, the biggest thing with the with the studio that we found the challenge is there is a, a certain point which training is not enough. And mm-hmm. we had to put nutrition as a part of our programs, which helped people's results. And then also we started, we had a body scanner that we had people through. So then that way they could see the measurements and keep track of everything. So it was more than just like, hey, here's your workout. We never talk to you again. We incorporated nutrition and then we started incorporating the accountability calls, mm-hmm. mainly because that's what you were learning from the online portion of well- stuff too.
0: Yeah. So it was actually crazy because March 2018, we opened up the studio and then June or July of 2018, I remember telling Andrew, like, I'm going to hire a business coach because like, I want to, I wanted to do my own online business because I've always had a following on social media And people that lived in the States couldn't come to my fitness studio. So I was like, I want to be able to still support these people. So I have to have an online component. Like these people are literally wanting to work with me. They can't fly down to Canada. Like they, they just can't do that. So I'm going to hire this business coach and I'm going to start my online business. And, you know, I was learning about like, like how amazing like online coaching was and how you can reach so many more people And about the accountability, like, it's not about, okay, here we go. 10 reps. Like it's, it's the mindset, it's the accountability, it's the group community, it's the support. Like there were so many more aspects that we could do with online coaching that we weren't able to do with the studio, but we were trying to like, kind of mix that in as well too, which it did work well. Um, But I don't know. Do you want to like share your thoughts of like me doing that? Well,
1: doing the studio yeah I, I think the thing was is initially when we had made the commitment to do the studio together uh it was it was frustrating because it took a lot of time away from the initial business right where like we we had kind of made this commitment together and you're like hey like so excited to do the studio and then all of a sudden it was like you're you're doing these the online st- or you were you were doing online learning calls and you were doing this and then it was like okay well now I have to pick this up and the studio for both of us was our only form of revenue and when we had joined the um, like well I had a little bit of money and savings and stuff saved up and, and so did you right to to open up a facility any type of physical space it's not cheap so in total with all of the money that, that we spent, I think it was close to 55,000 to get that space moved up. We had 35,000 to get all the equipment, to do the renovations of the building, to do whatever. And we needed to get the 35,000 from the bank. Um, And then we had the the rest of the money, the other 20,000, me and Lorna put 10,000 each of our own money to be able to, of course, like afford the other stuff and the marketing and have a couple of months of the rent up front, right? Because that's important too. So like, when she started focusing on that, there is a, a huge stressor in like making sure that we still had a paycheck and that our well, it, it's making sure your bills are covered first and then having a paycheck second. Mm-hmm. And for the entire first year of the business, I actually didn't take a paycheck. I lived off of my line of credit, made sure that she was paid, made sure that our bi- our, our expenses were paid so we could continue to float that.
0: Yeah. And- I think it was tough because obviously like I knew the importance of like growing the studio, but like, I was so in love with like the work that I was doing online. And, you know, I was surrounded by online coaches who are working from home, who can get up whenever the heck they want doing a long ass morning routine, working out whenever they want. And I was like, I don't have that flexibility. Like I have to be here at the studio at like five or 6 a.m. I'm here until like eight or nine o'clock at night. and it just felt like I was like, I, I want that flexibility, you know? So it was, it was tough because I was doing really well online. And I think like, you know, especially like the coaches that I was working with, like my business coaches were like, you can be doing even better if you don't have two things going on at once. And I was like, obviously I can't just close down my fitness studio. We literally just opened it up. So like, I have to make this work.
1: Yeah. And I mean, when you say you were doing well, like the thing is, is like, online and especially the, the expenses and the stuff bringing in for online, like it took you a long time to build to the point where you were doing well. Right. And I think that's important to share as well too, is it wasn't like she hired this business coach and then in like two months she was doing well. Right. She hired the business coach and it took you like probably eight or nine months for you to start building and because you didn't have a brand and you didn't have this and and to build to the point where you are actually bringing money in right and those first months was basically like okay you know can the can the studio uh uh you know cover that and can they cover the expenses before you got to the point where you could carry yourself on that side of business yeah too. Well, it,
0: it was it was actually kind of the op well like the first few months i actually did really well like the first, the first few months. And then it started to kind of like die down a little bit and then it went back up. Mm -hmm. That's how it went.
1: Yeah. The, the, and, and, you know, one thing for those of you guys listening, right. Like as, as a couple and as a couple who went into business together, like as boyfriend and girlfriend, which was another thing, I always encourage communication because like me and Lorna never communicated in terms of like, finances or even like you know how much the the studio owed and where the bills were being paid from and like that was a really big part as well too which was like a huge stressor because I came from this like hyper aware of all of the what was being spent and you were just focused on like, let me just focus on like building my, my brand and, and, you know, do doing the classes and doing that. And that put a a lot of unrealistic level of stress too. Right.
0: Yeah. Because for me, I'm like, like we have a fitness studio. Like, I don't know. I think I've always had this mindset of like, we're going to be okay. Like I've never, I've never like worried, but that was because I also didn't really understand like the expenses that were going out and like, you know, like I said, I had my own Mm -hmm. online thing. So I was like, oh, like we're going to be fine.
1: Yeah. Like at at our our highest months within our facility, we're like, we were making 32 to 35,000 a month in our facility and our expenses were like $28,000. And people are like, well, how did you spend that much with like 1200 square feet? But it's like, okay, well, if we're going to pay each of ourselves, like you want to break down that number and like, it's truest sense. Each of us gets paid $3,000 and then an extra $500 each, okay? Goes to the taxes and stuff for that. So right there, 3,500, 3,500, that's 7,000, okay? So 7,000 out of that 28, just for us to cover our bills here, okay? We had our rent, which was 4,800. Then you've got your water, your hydro, your utilities. And then we spent almost $10,000 a month on a business coach for our studio and our facility and it was getting the point like over the span of the entire thing and we had worked with this company we had spent a hundred and ten thousand dollars on coaching and it's like just
0: for the studio
1: just i had my own
0: i had my own coach that i was paying online like on top of that Mm -hmm. so it was it was quite crazy. And then
1: on top of that as well, too, we were spending three to $4,000 on Facebook ads a month. Yeah. And then we had hired the other trainer. Oh, we, well, right? we had a, and like then, a coach. Exactly. And yeah. then we had an admin as well. So like when you start adding that stuff in, it's really easy to get those numbers, stupid, stupid high. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, one of the things that I think I'll always be blessed for is like, we had the opportunity to take out that $30,000, um, from the bank. We chose to borrow it from my parents. Um, We still had to pay back the same terms in terms of where that money was. But that was probably the highest stressor for me was like, now that it's like, hey, I don't owe the bank this money, I owe my parents this money. I had to make sure that I was paying off the loan payments every single month because we agreed on a three-year term. So three years to pay back the total of the 50. And of course we were able to pay that back, but it happened by being consistent, making those payments and never missing a payment. We were never late on our rent once. Mm -hmm. We never missed payment for hydro or electrical because the moment you start missing payments and you start falling behind, then services get cut off. It starts affecting your clients. And that just puts undue stress on, on you, the business owner.
0: Yeah, and um, I think we'll like talk about like your struggles and also like my struggles that we were mm-hmm. both kind of going through because it's like we had our fitness studio and then I think that I was struggling with a lot of like personal issues like my relationship with food, um, you know, binge eating in twenty eighteen like that was really that was like a hard time for me. Uh, but you were also going through a lot of things if you wanted to share.
1: Yeah, the biggest. Challenge for me was when you started focusing on, hey, I'm going to build my online brand. I want to start doing this. It was very easy for me to tell at that point that like the studio wasn't where your heart was. And that was really hard because I had committed a lot of time, money, and energy into this. And now that you started exploring that way, there was no way that I could build that facility on my own. So month over month, we were always just barely scraping by. Like literally month to month, we were barely scraping by on our expenses. There was never a month where we were like, hey, we're good for the next three months. It just always seemed to cover itself. And I was staying to the studio sometimes like 12 o'clock at night to be able to get my workouts in, to review the finances, to do what was there. And then by the time you drive home, it's like twelve thirty or one o'clock, and it really put a, a high, a high stress state and a high level of depression into my life. Uh, that was easily the most, uh, the hardest time for me mentally and emotionally, part because of the level of stress which is what made me depressed, paying these high level of bills. And the second part was because I thought that my business became a shackle. Like I almost felt prisoner to, to the landlord prisoner to, you know, the coach that I had hired because we had, you know, we were locked in agreements and uh, like I said, $110,000 on coaching. Right. And, and prisoner to like My brand, which is the exact opposite of how you want to build a business when you actually love something. Like when you build a business, you want to build something that you love, that you get excited about, not something that you feel like you're a prisoner with or you can't escape every single day. And that was hard. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was hard driving back and forth. And, you know, there would be days where I'd be outside the studio and I'd cry in the car. Right. And we even had conversations, you know, multiple times when I had to. It got to a point where I couldn't carry the finances by myself where like, you know, I, I had to tell Lorna, like, you need to step up for this because we made this commitment. And, um, like we drove into like a Starbucks parking lot. Right. We were sitting, I was like, listen, like, I can't fucking do this by myself. Like you Mm -hmm. have to start showing up the way that we did before, or this isn't going to work and it's going to fall apart.
0: And for me, like, I didn't, you never said you were struggling with depression, So for me, I just thought I was like, it's fine. Like, we're doing okay. Like, just let me do my own business thing. Like, let me just do this. Like, we're going to be fine. Like, I had no idea that he was struggling with depression. And sometimes I'd be like, Andrew, like, you're literally coming home at one o'clock in the morning. Like, and I like, we're not spending time together. Like, you know, we should be spending this time together. And I had no idea that the reason why he was coming home late at night was because he was like you know, in the car, stressing out or like staying late to like, you know, work extra work extra to like get more clients and things like that. Like I had, I had absolutely no idea what was going on. And I think even that's like the first thing that like, is it's like a tip of like just communicating with your partner. Because if I understood at that level of like what you're going through, like I would have made shifts, but I just thought it was like, Lorna, like you need to focus on the studio a little bit more versus your online. Like I didn't see it as like, no, look, I'm really struggling. I just thought it was like, you know, focus on the studio a little bit more.
1: I think at that age too, because we were both really young, Yeah, like to make a very large commitment and start a business is not something that you do on a whim. Like people just think like oh I can just start up a business day and now it's really easy to just do that. But like when you make commitments and you're you're putting uh you're putting rents on facilities and you're 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 taking out thirty thousand forty thousand dollar loans and and you're you're making that level of commitment, like you have to know very very quick if your heart is in it and if it's not. Mm-hmm. And like it was never something like you. I think that you did it because. I wanted to do it. And you're like, I love you. I want to spend more time with you. This is really great to like, you know, like how cool would it be for us to do that? Yeah. But then your passion started turning somewhere else. And I always encourage people to, you have to follow your passion no Mm -hmm. matter what. And, and, you know, it's, it's a fine balance between following your passion and following through on a commitment, right? Because sometimes when you make a decision in life, Walking away carries a consequence. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the reality of what life is. Like if you marry somebody and you divorce, they're probably taking half your shit. That's the consequences. That's the cost that you have to pay. Mm-hmm. Right. And in our case, it was like, you know, the first two years, there was no way like we had to get that business running because you know, we had a responsibility to pay my parents back and I'm, I'm a huge man of my word integrity wise that way. Right. And also we didn't want to be sued. We didn't want to be sued by the, by the landlord for failing to make our payments and all of that stuff, because then you have a huge level of, of stress that comes as well.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, after we had that like conversation or whatever, um, you know, I was like, I was like trying to like, you know, put more into the studio, but like, I honestly, like I was just not feeling it. And I started to get really passionate about um, like wanting to help people with their relationship with food. Remember? So I was getting support for my relationship with food. And then I wanted to even switch my business model and, you know, do a certification program member to um, become a, a coach to help women with like binge eating. And like, that was another like $20,000 or whatever. And it was just like, so like looking back, it was like, it was so much change. And it was so much like, like me kind of like trying to make the studio work, but like my heart just wasn't in it. And I think that was obviously really tough for you as well too, because not only was I like not really fully in the studio, it's like, I wanted to completely change my business model Um, which was tough too. Right.
1: Yeah. It it was the, it was the communication in combination with awareness as well too. Right. Like I, like Lorna wasn't aware how bad our finances were the first two years, Mm -hmm. because I was like, I just have to worry about it because she's focused on following this other thing. Right. And I thought that I had to take it on all by myself, but it was also the communication piece, right. Where it was like, We didn't have a lot of time together. So in communicating, it was like, you know, the time we're going to spend, we're not going to be communicating problems or having fights. It's like, you want to just spend quality time with this person. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like,
0: I was going to say too, like that, I think that was another hard part of like having this fitness studio is like Saturday and Sunday, our days were spent at the studio. And then when we would go up for coffee, it would always be like about the studio and i think that that was a little bit challenging because we would like want to put those boundaries up but it's like also like it's like sometimes i would say like okay stop talking about the studio but then i would bring something up about right. the studio or whatever right it, it was really hard to like cut that time off
1: yeah as as a as an entrepreneur when you become passionate about something Right. And your business, hopefully you're passionate about it. You should be right. And it it excites you because although there was high levels of stress, like it was exciting running our own business. And we had like our, you know, clients loved us and we got amazing reviews and we gave people amazing results, which is why my passion was still in it. Right. Um, It's like when you like when a client sees a successful result, like you want to share it with your partner. You want yeah. to share it with everybody around you. Right. So I'm sure to like our family and our friends, we were always talking about our business, but I think mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, like if you're not passionate about your business, if you're not talking about what you're doing or why you're doing it, that's a big indicator that that's not the right thing for you. Yeah. You know, and that was huge. And it took us, you know, the first two years were a real struggle, but we worked on our communication. Um, we started working together on the finances. So like I, I, Took one day sat Lauren and, Dan, and I was like, all right, this is how the shit actually is. Right. And I think it was like, I think that that was a real shock and awe moment for you when I like had you do the numbers and you were like, oh, like, is, is that where we're at and I was like, "Yeah, that's like the numbers don't lie," and that's another thing too. Track your shit because numbers don't lie. Like it's it, mm-hmm. it's just a very transparent thing.
0: Yeah, um,
1: and that's when we started to turn it around in our third year to to build a business that we wanted at the studio.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was also we were planning to like get engaged as well too, and mm-hmm. I think that was also like a big stressor of you as well because you don't just get engaged to somebody you know that after an engagement there is you know marriage and then there's like a house so I think that also put a lot of stress on you as well too because we were together I think what was it five years or whatever
1: that wasn't a stressor for me there was only one thing that you had told me when we were dating and you said it multiple times like not like month or month after month but you said a few times you're like I don't want a long engagement yeah and I remembered that so I was like when I had decided that you were going to be the person, I was like, this is my person. Okay. I was like, I've got to make sure that I've got to save up because she doesn't want a long engagement. So I'm not going to get engaged. Then seven years goes by and then we get married mm-hmm. and buy a house. It was like, I have to make sure that I've got enough money. So when we get engaged, we get married yeah. and then that leads to other things. Right. Yeah. So I thought to myself, you know, that's That's kind of what made the decision there, but I was never worried about that. It was really about, you know, those first two years, like if we couldn't find a way to resolve this, where I was getting support and you were following your dream, I don't think our relationship would have worked, you know, Mm -hmm. and we had a lot of conversations on that in communication. And that was a big thing. These weren't like conversations like, Hey, you've got to help more they were fucking hard conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, where I was like, listen, like we need to make changes here. And you were like, Hey, look, like I'm trying to follow my dream. And like, we had, in my opinion, all of the hardest relationships conversations upfront. Yeah. And that's why today when people are like, like, how's your relationship? I'm like, it's fucking great. Because we were willing to always have the tough convo upfront Mm -hmm. it's not like let's leave it for six months it was like hey we got to work the shit out before we move forward we also had
0: to because like when you have a business together like you know you can't like you can't just like okay i'm not going to talk to you for the next week like we we never did that it was always like hey what's up let's tackle it and that's really what allowed us to like you know keep going and have a good relationship um Mm -hmm. but 2019 that's when we got engaged. And then 2020, that's when the pandemic hit. And it was like February, March of 2020. And here we are, like, do we we close the studio? Like gyms were closing, not like closing, closing as if they were like going out of business, but like just like closing and doing virtual stuff. And we really had to like make a decision right then and there of like, what the heck do we do? Because we wanted safety for ourselves. We wanted safety for our clients. And we ultimately decided to do some like virtual stuff because we have to remember, we had clients on contracts, like Mm -hmm. clients signed up, you know, three months, six months, sometimes people sign up for like a full year. And now we were like, holy shit, like, what do we have to do? Like as a business owner, you have to make a decision.
1: (laughs) I think the, the crazy part of it is leading up to COVID, we were hearing rumors like as health professionals, we got the information first. We were getting the articles. We were we were, uh, like our um, governing bodies and stuff were sending us stuff like, hey, this is what's happening. This is what's going around it. We didn't know how long these closures were going to be or if the closures were going to apply to us. But ironically, leading up to the closure, we had our three highest months and it was actually those four months where we had finally tuned in and dialed in our business where we no longer relied on a coach because we had all of the, the skills that we needed from, from the learning. Our marketing was doing the right amount. We had cut all of the people who were taking up excessive amounts of time with us. And we were just focusing on the, the high quality, um, you know, good people who are who are a part of our facility. So, like we went into our three highest months. And then it was like, oh, we're, there's going to be like a week closure. But when we, when me and Lorna were talking about it at this point, she had it, it was about 20% of our clientele in total, which were all Lorna's, they were all online. Right. And we were talking about, okay, well, what do we do about this one week closure? And when I was showing her like the information, this, I was like, this isn't going to be a one week closure this is going to be a month. It might be two months. We have to make a decision now in terms of what we do with this. So uh, when we had t- uh, taken a look at it, Lorna was like, look, you've seen how well online has worked on my side of the business. Why don't we just push the training online we gave people a slight discount as an incentive to do that. Mm -hmm. So, Hey, it was a
0: big ass discount (laughs)
1: working in, in person. Well, in relation to the prices, right.
0: Yeah, it it
1: was, it was like, like compared to now, Oh my God, I would never do coaching for that ever. Like we were, we were so cheap. (laughs) We were so cheap. We were almost free. Right. Like it's, it's great. I say that as a joke, but it's like for, you know, for the quality that we deliver now, it's big, but so we gave them that incentive to switch over and all of the people that didn't want to switch, we allowed them to break out of their contracts penalty free. So yeah, it was a cost to us upfront, but we had a huge conversion. It was like over 85% of our clients moved to virtual. Yeah, And when they had done that and moved all of their contracts to virtual, we were like, this space isn't relevant anymore. Like we had two full weeks where we coach them. And then that's when I had realized what you know Lorna had already discovered with online. Like online is very viable. And we don't need a facility to do this. I don't need a facility to give people the same results. I don't need a, a place to to count reps or be the rep counter. It's like we can focus on the things that that show real results, the accountability, the consistency, helping people with the nutrition, helping them with their habits and their mindset. So our lease was in the renewal space, like by March, no, it was like March 17th. And we moved out of the place March 20th. So we said, you know what? We won't renew the lease. We're just gonna stop it right here and we'll pull everything out of the facility. We were out of there in like, Two, two days. It was like two yeah. days, two days. boom, we were out of there Bomb. and our business was a hundred percent online. Yeah.
0: Yeah. and so we we were still doing like personal training at the time. I was still doing like group classes virtually. Um, and it worked out like it was fun. And, and the clients actually loved it because you have to remember all gyms are freaking closed. So they were like, still grateful that we were still like, you know, doing these classes and things like that. Um, and we did that until I think like, I don't know, we did that for quite some time.
1: It was like a year and a half. I yeah.
0: Like. And then, you know, I was still doing my, my coaching and things. And then I think we both just came to the agreement where we were like, we can help people in such a bigger way. Well, at least for myself, I wanted to do the relationship with food coaching, but even for you, you were like, you know, I'm not going to speak for you. Why don't you share? I
1: mean, we started getting to this point now where like, it was so much more than just nutrition and training. And I was like, this now is no longer about the workouts. Like, for those of you worried about your workouts, like your workout is like a tiny piece in this puzzle. It's your habits. It's your mindset. It's, it's your, your, uh, your, you know, uh, no longer relying on motivation. There are so many pieces to this, the hormone piece, which I was always incredibly passionate about. And as we started delving into that, we had recognized like having a facility doesn't make sense. Plus you got to remember it was about eight and a half months where it was back-to-back closures where gyms never opened and for us it was like the slowest moving bullet where we watched all of our friends in the fitness industries their businesses were absolutely destroyed Mm -hmm. and then people started hiring us as the online coaches They were like, oh, you can help me now. That's fine. It saved people time because they didn't have to drive to a a facility. It allowed greater access to a coach because we were giving them support when they needed, not just for that hour that was there. And it showed us this model works and it works really, really well. Mm -hmm. So we had that convo and it was like, you know what? We've already been Closed facility-wise for a year and a half. Yeah, there's no going back. We're just going to move 100% online. And while Lorna chose to focus on the the niche for relationship with food, I chose to get even more specific and focus on the hormones and the and the habitual pattern.
0: And you guys, I was so freaking happy that this happened because, (laughs) like, literally, it's like while I was at the studio, I remember even telling Andrew, like, I it was my fitness studio as well, and I'm like, I'm going to work from home, and Andrew's like. What, what do you mean? Like, and I'm like, Oh, well somebody comes like, they'll be fine. Like they can just call us. Like I was like, I was like so ready to just like work online. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, yeah. So I was like, so excited that we could do that. And
1: making that change was actually hard to me. Like the, <laughs> the, the first week where I was like, our. Art- like our studio is done the first week. Like mm-hmm. when we had moved out of our facility, I was absolutely gutted. Yeah. I was gutted. I know it was tough for you be- because, um, like although like we had paid my parents back the money, we didn't like we didn't owe anybody anything. Like that's one thing as well. We never carried debt through any of this, through okay. any of our businesses. I've never owed anyone anything. And like it, it, to me, it didn't feel like we had failed. What it felt like was like, I'm letting a part of my business die. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm basically like, it's like, like you're, you're not feeding the baby anymore. Right. And, and, and like, it was like, that was it, you know? And, and I remember even speaking to, to my dad and I got emotional too. My father, by the way, is not the best to deal with emotions. So like I broke down. Okay. And he was like, be ow, a man like ow. I'm so sorry.
0: What are you doing? <laughs> so, no, I just patting you on hard. the back. No, it wasn't hard. It was, it was hard. Good. I can feel well, it in my freaking It was heart it was harder than that. Well,
1: anyways, he hit me so hard on the back that basically my heart went through my front. And it basically
0: and, just happened to me. And, and, and
1: he was like, "Nope, don't, don't do that. Don't cry. Be a man, move shit forward." And I was like, all right. But like it, not in like a, a bad way. He just doesn't know how to like, yeah. he was like, man, this is awkward as shit. So he was like, dude, you'll be fine. You can do it. Um. <laughs> and then afterwards, yeah. Like looking a year and a half back from all these closures, I was like, wow, we had made the best decisions for us personally and for our business and for our clients, because yeah. people don't need rep counters. They yeah. do not need, I in." in being a personal trainer, being a personal trainer, people don't need to be counting reps. Well,
0: and I think we both recognize that like, there's so much more to people's health. Like you started recognizing that, you know, like if people's hormones aren't balanced, like that's going to, that's what causes a lot of these like health issues. And for me, I started recognizing like, you know, people yo-yo dieting and constantly feeling like they need to go to a gym and like start a new diet it's because they have a poor relationship with food so we started to see like what people actually needed people didn't need a rep counter people didn't need a facility to go to they needed to work on their hormones they needed to work on their relationship with food and you know i think we just started to see the bigger picture and how we can actually like really support clients and people in the best way mm-hmm.
1: I think the, the big thing when making that transition as well too, is we fell even more in love with our business, right? Yeah. Like the first two years I could say, I fell out of love with my business that third year when we had figured it out. And when we had worked in, I, I was like, okay, like I can, I can see me doing this. And then now that we're in the, how many years are we in business now at this point? I don't even know. I think it's, well, it's like eight for me if I count the, the online. Or sort of the in
0: home. I started doing online stuff mm-hmm. in like 2016 too, though. Like I don't know, it was, so, it was a long, long time. Know. We've been a- in here for at yeah, least time. seven or eight
1: years at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like now, from an online perspective, we love our business because we get to do the entire purpose of building a business is serving your, serving you first, mm-hmm. right? It's we build a life of our own choosing, and now we can take on the clients that we want to work with. We can show up at the highest level for our people. And we can actually practice what we're preaching. Yeah. There was nothing more fake to me than telling someone to sleep eight hours and then leaving the facility at 1130 at night to be, to wake up at four, to be at the clients for five. Or me,
0: you know, helping clients with like their nutrition and their workouts. And here I was like struggling so badly with my relationship with food. Like it, it was just tough. Mm -hmm. It was, it was tough. Yeah, it was tough for sure. And I think we'll do like a complete we'll do another episode sharing about like what it means to be an entrepreneur and like online, like starting your own online business and what that entails. And I think that would be like a really good next episode if you want to do that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because I think it's important, like people think that like entrepreneurs just like Uh, This shiny unattainable thing or that it's like some quick and easy like I'm just going to be an entrepreneur and do it like no there's in every single business, there are people who are willing to strive to a very high level of success, because they have their heart in it. And that's really important. Uh, and yeah, I think what we'll do, cause there's like so much to there's unpack so much there, there, but our facility ultimately was a huge stepping stone and a big learning for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it taught us, well, okay. It taught me, and then you can maybe explain how, mm-hmm. how it taught you. Um, it taught me that just cause you have a business doesn't mean no one's necessarily going to buy. It's up to you to market the living hell out of that business and do it. It also is uh, taught me that, having the same product as everybody else is not enough. It's what does the client really need? And what our client needed was support with nutrition, support with their hormones, consistency, the mindset, the habit piece, like the workouts was a very small part of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. It showed me as well too, that I needed coaching and I needed to grow alongside having my clients grow because I didn't know everything. And then it also showed me too that I always have to have my values first and I have to live true to myself in order for me to expect the same thing from my clients.
0: I think for me, like it taught me almost like emotional intelligence and how to like not take things personally, because there are certain things like certain conversations that we had to have that was like really, really, really tough. And it's, and it's easy to like take things personally or like, you know, if somebody made a comment or like they weren't happy about something, it's like you have to like not take it personally and still like show up. You know, it's 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 a lot like running your own business. And we'll talk about this in the in the next episode. But like running your own business, it's like you're going to have like the best of the best days and then you're going to have days where like, it feels like you just want to quit sometimes. And like, there's mean people and people just make comments that are like so mean and you just have to be resilient. And I think that's something that we did really well. Like when we were transitioning um, from the studio online, like we both had each other's backs and we had to make some tough conversations. We had to have mm-hmm. some tough phone calls of, you know, people in their contracts and the fact that we were going online, like there were and s- the
1: fact that they, they wanted it. Like, like our facility no longer existed. Like, yeah. And they were like, you need to provide available.
0: the service. You need to, you like, mm-hmm. you need to do it on at the studio. And we're like, but it's co- Like it's not just us. Like the world has shut down. We literally cannot have you in our facility. And there were some really, really tough conversations that was really uncomfortable. Like I would get so anxious having to make these phone calls and, you know, you did some of them and then I did some, and we both had to like work together and be like, we have to do this. Like nobody's going to do conflict, it for us. So yeah.
1: well,
0: <laughs> of course, like we want, we want everyone to be happy. We don't want people to, you know, not like us, but at the same time, it's like, there are certain things in business that you just have to do. Like we can't ask our parents to call these people or we can't hire somebody. Like, this is our business. Like we needed to take care of things. And I think that just like opened up our heart and it just allowed us to like have more like emotional intelligence and um, just the ability to like have conversations and like, just like be a business owner. Like it's not always like nada, look, I'm like, I'm your best friend. Like there needs to be conversations that had to be had. And, and we did that even when it was like really freaking hard and we wanted to just like fucking cry and like, yeah it was hard. I like
1: to think that we, that the studio was like our trial run business and yeah. we made all of the mistakes that we possibly could have. We hired the wrong people. We, you know, started with classes, which was not the right choice for the facility size. So we hired the wrong people. We, we, you know, had the wrong service. We um you know, we made terrible, terrible advertising mistakes. Like I spent like four thousand dollars on paper flyers and nobody nobody looks at flyers anymore but we
0: didn't know you know well for sure like
1: I I don't regret any of it but in in a way it was really great because it allowed us to figure out what we actually wanted which was important too
0: yeah I don't regret anything honestly like I had I had a lot of fun with the studio we had some of like the most incredible clients we were like laughing with, with when we were doing training sessions like we had such a great time. It was challenging, but it was so much fun. And we've learned so much. And um honestly, we've just like grown. Like, I feel like sometimes I feel like we're like 50 years old because of like how much, like what we've been through. Oh,
1: I definitely feel 75. <laughs> I feel 90. <laughs> I'm aging on this podcast right Literally. now. I'm just going to turn to dust and yeah. disappear. So,
0: <laughs> But yeah, that's. That's the episode of, you know, the real raw truth of like having a fitness studio. And I think just one more thing before we wrap up, this is why it's so important to like support like small business owners, because it's like, just because somebody has a place, like you don't know what, what's kind of going on. Like I've always just assumed like, wow, they have their own business. Like they must be fucking rich. They must be like millionaires and billionaires, but like, that's it's not really like the reality, you know? So, um, I keep swearing in this podcast and I don't mean to,
1: that's okay. It's
0: all right. But it's Who fine.
1: Gives a no just
0: <laughs> <Beep>. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much. We'll definitely do another episode on like entrepreneurship, running our own online businesses and how it's been amazing. Oh, I love it so much. Yes. I like wake up and I'm just like happy all the time. Cause I love, I love it.
1: No, you're happy because of me. Well, obviously. Secret. But
0: like my business, too.
1: You all need an Andrew Costa and a Lorna in your lives. That's the truth. So, whichever one, you got to pick one. You can only get one, though. That's (laughs) That's
0: <laughs> well, obviously everyone's gonna pick me.
1: Well, why you gotta be like that for? Why you?
0: <laughs> Who's gonna choose you? They don't even
1: <laughs> You chose me. <laughs> oh all man. the people
0: listening on your podcast is gonna choose you, and everyone listening to on my podcast is gonna choose. No, me.
1: they should definitely choose you. That's that's good. You're you're the happy one, you're the one. She wakes up and she's like,
0: Ooh,
1: and I'm like, <laughs> It's like oh, five in the morning. I'm like, I got a
0: message from somebody. Like, I just get so excited. Yeah and get so
1: good, excited good excellent all right let's wrap it up bam
0: bam okay no we got to do our handshake ready oh my God. we have a handshake if you're listening on the podcast you just pause yeah, just
1: listen to just listen hands. to
0: it ready boom 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 boom
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening on the podcast Tell us what hand signs we did just now.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny. But thank you guys so much. We will catch you in the next episode and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Bye.